Hello and welcome to the Van Podcast, a podcast series from Visual Artist Ireland. My name is Joanne Laws and I'm Features Editor of the Visual Artist Newsheet. Published every two months, the Van Podcast features online conversations with various contributors to each issue of the Van. This gives opportunities to discuss some of the ideas arising from published texts, while also offering insights into their wider practice. Today I'm joined online by artist Kira O'Toole, as well as curator Jane Morrow and artist and writer Moran Bean Noon. Each of my guests develop profiles on their respective collectives and networks for the January-February 2021 issue of the Visual Artist Newsheet, which had a thematic focus on artist-led practice. First up is Kira O'Toole, a Sligo-based artist whose work examines embodied drawing, in particular site-specific drawing. Kira is a PhD candidate at Loughborough University and co-founder of Drawing Decentered, an artist-led collective that explores contemporary drawing practice in Ireland. Her recent profile for Van focuses on Nine, a new collective of eight women artists formed during lockdown. Okay, thanks for joining me today, Kira. I know you're extremely busy with these days with your academic research and your studio practice. Um, you're also involved with quite a few different art groups and collectives. Um, maybe you could start by discussing how the Nine Collective was formed last year. Uh, what were the group's founding priorities or objectives? Thanks, Joanne. Um, Elizabeth Kinsler from Sligo IT was invited by Sligo Art Surface to curate an exhibition with people linked to Sligo IT um, to have an exhibition in Highbridge Gallery in Sligo. That's a lot of Sligos, but anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was um, myself, who is an external examiner. Um, Helen Blake was a recent invited um, artist. Uh, Selena Muldoon and Stephanie McGowan, who are both noted graduates. And then of course, Elizabeth herself. So we met in February um, for coffee in a coffee shop, which I can't remember how delightful that was. Mm. And then COVID hit. So we needed to have our conversations online. So we started these weekly conversations that lasted for hours. And it became quite obvious that this is a wider conversation and it was more than just having a once of exhibition, but we didn't really know what it was. But it developed organically into a kind of support network a space to discuss practice, uh, the business end of, of our art making, and, you know, to have a laugh. And mm -hmm. um, we also realised that quite quickly as well that we needed more artists in this group. Um, and we made a list of these artists who had a strong direct or indirect material engagement in their work. And we democratically selected the artists they accepted, which we were absolutely delighted about. And then since then, we've been having weekly meetings um, so there was no sort of formal founding objective, so to, so to speak, but there is, I guess, um, informal uh, objectives. And, and that would be to be curious and trust in a process, trust in each other, and maybe we can this way discover, I guess, our potential as this group, as this very strong group of practi practitioners. So, I mean, it's quite exciting, I think. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, I was wondering, uh, among the artists that you've listed and among the group, are there any thematic or aesthetic concerns that 
um, connect the work of the eight artist members? Well, I think um, in keeping with this idea of curiosity from the, from the beginning, it was really important to the group that whatever uh, conceptual, thematic or aesthetic concerns that whatever happened, it grew organically out of discussions of our practices. You know, we are individual artists with very strong visual language concerns, and it's important not to funnel our practices through a particular lens for the sake of a collective. But having said that, I mean, through discussions, there was definitely key ideas that came up and I, I suppose key words would be materiality and process. And, you know, the word, the idea of, or the concept of materiality, you know, an art is obviously is, is an old one. And, um, you know, one could go down a rabbit hole in relation to aesthetic experience, account of formalism, etc. But I guess for this group, materiality is part of our practice. It's part of our visual conversation. Mm -hmm. And we understand it in terms of um, a physicality of artworks and how an artwork is sensed by the viewer in a felt bodily manner. And then I guess on the flip side, it could be said that process is an understanding of materiality is sensed by the maker also in a felt bodily manner. And it, because of its, of an artwork's physicality, you know, this informs the meaning of an artwork. Um, but I guess, it, you know, having said that, there's like lots of artists in the group who are conceptual artists who deeply engage in understanding and use of materials to discuss their conceptual concerns. So Selena Muldoon's drawings and performance, uh, which are rich and considered in her material application to discuss her concepts um, of identity, memory, surveillance, um, and uses her body as agency. Or, you know, Stephanie McGowan, who uses everyday natural and man-made materials to consider their site and her relationship with these materials. So, uh, I myself, I'm a conceptual artist too. Um, but I guess as well, like, you know, from the beginning, we considered having a mission statement, but nothing seemed to sort of work for us in that way. So we decided to have words as considerations for the group rather than trying to force something that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. So we considered these nine words, which are materiality, echo, unfold, wonder, slippage, haptic, unknowing, encounter, hold. And these are words that we consider when we are developing projects. Mm -hmm. Um, and so to clarify for our listeners, um, even though there are eight members, the group is called nine. And yeah. this is because the ninth slot is reserved for an invited guest. Um, was this conceived as a mechanism to ensure continuous external contributions across other disciplines? Well, initially, we were looking for a way to keep the group fresh and open because sometimes it groups can be closed and we wanted to keep it fresh and open. So we decided to have this, this magic number nine slot for an invited artist or curator or director or arts writer or someone completely outside the visual arts. Um, so our first artist, first number nine slot was an artist, Natalia Black, um, it's an amazing painter. And I guess by having this mechanism, it keeps us curious. It keeps the discussion fresh and interesting for us at least anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, as noted in um, your, your column for the Visual Artist News Sheet, the, the January-February issue, um, Nine has published its first publication. Um, so maybe you could discuss uh, this, this 
publication and whether you're planning any other future uh, publishing projects. Yeah, we, we created a pocket exhibition, which composed of nine A5 cards with one image per number and a list of the statement words that I just spoke about. And we posted these nine, uh, we posted 90 pocket exhibitions to several people across the island of Ireland. And it was a way of introducing the collective. Um, and this pocket exhibition also was featured in the Dublin Art Fair 2020 Designers and Attitude in Temple Bar curated by Alice Roththorne. And what's interesting here, I guess, um, you know, this idea of a pocket exhibition in terms of materiality, I guess it, it, in, in a way it serves to highlight the importance of real engagement with artwork. And, mm -hmm. you know, the idea of materiality again, in relation to the digital is a, is a very old conversation. Um, but I, I think in, in, in current given times, there's a growing awareness of the lack of real world engagement, the lack of material engagement, um, particularly in relation encountering of an artwork. And what's really interesting, I think for me, is that in the context of this, is that besides my own work and Helen Blake's work, I actually haven't seen or encountered anyone else's. So it's really interesting because I feel like I have, I feel like um, I know their work, but I actually haven't seen the work. I haven't encountered the work. And I think maybe because I'm a maker, it gives me an insight into process and materiality of the work. So I'm, I'm very excited to see the work, but to answer the question, yes, we are starting to work on a larger publication, but I can't say any more than that at the moment. <laughs> Okay, um, and so as a final question, maybe you could uh, just outline some of the collective's future plans and aspirations. For sure. Well, do you know, first and foremost, meet in person, have studio yeah. visits. I, I've never met Jane Fogarty or Laura McCafferty or Susan Connolly. I only know their works online. I've met them online. I've met Celine and Stephanie once. I've met Helen and Elizabeth a few times. So you know, I think we really want to meet each other and mm -hmm. hug each other and um, go to our studios. I would love to go to everyone's studios. It'd be so amazing to see their work. Um, so again, I think an exhibition makes sense for us in lots mm -hmm. of different ways. So we really want an exhibition. Um, another plan would be to find a new number nine to work with who can offer us another perspective. I think that would be good. Um, and then also to come full circle again, we have our project. There's a project coming up at Highbridge Gallery in, in Sligo in September 2021. So that's what we're up to at the moment. We have a couple of other things that we can't speak about just yet, but there you go. <laughs> okay, brilliant, Kira. I think we'll finish up there. Um, I wanted to thank you very much for your time today. Um, I'd especially like to wish you well with your doctoral research um Thanks, please do keep us posted on developments with the nine collective i will do thank you thanks john it was a pleasure great thanks next up i spoke to jane morrow and Morin bean noon jane is an independent visual art curator and researcher based in belfast with a specialism in artist and organizational development her ongoing phd research examines the precarity of artist studios and workspaces with a focus on labour and practice, permanence and transience, and an emphasis on collaborative and cooperative models. Morin is an Israeli Dublin-based curator, artist and writer. She has a PhD in fine art media from NCAD, 
as well as an MFA in computer art from the School of Visual Arts in New York. Moran was appointed curator in residence at Glore in Ennis last summer and has previously curated projects at venues throughout Northern Ireland and the Republic. Last year, Jaina Moran established the Angelica Network, which was profiled in the January-February issue of Van. Okay, thanks to both of you for joining me today. Uh, to kick off, I'd like to ask you to discuss the rationale behind establishing the Angelica Network. Presumably you recognised a need within the Irish and Northern Irish visual arts sector for this kind of resource. Yes, uh, so um, actually it was Moran who kicked this off uh, and uh, it was a Twitter exchange actually in June 2020 mm -hmm. um, where she had posted a series of resources for visual art professionals um, to, to start embodying diversity more in their programs and the challenges of finding artists at all stages of their careers and from different parts of the island. Uh, so Moran, do you want to do you want to talk about how we took the conversation from there? Yeah, well, it's it started, I think, a year before when I was going to curate an exhibition and was looking for different narratives um, from women artists. And I was looking for women of color, um, among other things. And it was really difficult to find, like it took about two weeks to get to a list of, of five and then find the relevant practice and ended up really with with one option who was happily interested and available mm -hmm. and the searches included contacting people and asking for information and there really was nowhere to find more people more options like i looked in all the the acceptable channels um, and then a year later i was in a similar situation and kind of the frustration brought me to posting it on twitter and Jane, I think you responded something like, yes, that would be great. And I took you <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know if that sounds anything like you. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I had a conversation. I had previously um, worked with artists of color and other intersectional identities in England uh, quite a lot, but not here. Um, and so, you know, in terms of bringing together like our professional skills and motivations and uh, well most importantly our networks um you know we could kind of reconcile then the things that we're doing in our own lives to support for example refugee groups or um you know other other kinds of intersectional identity groups um but but then to kind of bring that in work that into our professional practice in a way, it seemed like a really necessary thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, that's fantastic. Um, maybe you could say something about the artists that you're currently working with. Um, are they working across a range of different disciplines or do they share any kind of um, thematic or aesthetic motivations? So I can kind of, I, I feel very strongly about this because I feel like Angelica isn't really what people, like most people, don't really initially understand what it's about. So this is a really great chance to actually say that. We're not curators of Angelica. There is no thematic, there's no genre. It's visual artists who fit into the political identity of, uh, how did we phrase this, Jane? Sorry, I don't. Oh, um, 
uh, intersectional minority cultural or minority ethnic backgrounds yes thank you yeah um jane is the words people you're the words person <laughs> um so this is just an opportunity to be platformed where politically and socially these artists may not have had the chance elsewhere so we don't work with the artists as curators almost at all um, angelica is a tool and it's a tool for curators and for programmers to come and look at a list of artists who represent themselves like it's not a collective or an organization um the most we can do is try and help people bridge between their organization and the artists that they want to work with mm -hmm. um since we both are also practicing curators uh, i think some projects will include curatorial aspects working with the artists but the project as it is angelica as it is is it's not curated it's not edited mm -hmm. as of today um there are 25 artists curators and multidisciplinary practitioners on the list and they're working across so for example drawing painting sculpture installation photography live performance um you know and, and very socially engaged practices um so there's also one other thing that we're kind of quite clear on and and that's that no marginalized person wants to be treated as monolithic um so whether uh the artists on the list are invited then to talk or make work only about their political marginalization and so we do try to just front and center the practice really you know in terms of like the social media profile that we have it's about putting forward the work you know at the center of everything mm -hmm. yeah it's about what they do and what they want to say like we don't dictate there's no line of thought um we when when we post on social media we focus on the political and community and identity aspects because that is what brings this project together but we don't limit the artists who participate in terms of content it's to represent their work it's so that a curator who's signed up for the instagram account can see a practice that's interesting to them so it's really about platforming their professional practices mm -hmm. okay perfect that's a really great um, explanation and so i'm wondering what the response has been so far to angelica within the visual arts sector uh, both from artists wishing to be included in the network and from galleries and curators wishing to make contact with these artists and to show their work. I think from our perspective, uh, that was kind of embedded in the process um, involving the sector from the start. Mm -hmm. So um, we kind of relied on our networks to um, to then bring in their networks to inform the development of the list. So whether that was kind of geographically or media specific or, you know, um, say sector adjacent as well, like universities and, and art colleges. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, that social aspect to how our field is organized. Um, you know, we specifically wanted to to kind of integrate that and also also kind of detour around it um so that um everybody 
who we engaged in those initial stages um, really wanted to be involved. And I think, you know, unanimously, we've had a really positive response. Um, there are some people who said, uh, oh, I don't feel like, you know, artists who said, I don't feel like this necessarily represents me. Um, there are others who feel like it represents them, but then, you know, in talking it through with them, it, it, it hasn't actually been the right fit. Um, you know, there are some curators, for example, who have said, oh, well, we're already doing quite a lot in this area, so we don't necessarily want to be involved, but we'll keep an eye out. Um, but everybody else, I mean, I think uh, when Moran paraphrased me earlier and said something like, yes, in response to her tweet, you know, uh, there's a curator who works in Derry, who's originally from England, who said, thank God, I've been trying to do this for ages. I've been looking for artists for ages. So, you know, I, I think it's been unanimously really positive. And that's what we hear um, from our artists as well in terms of how we communicate with them. Mm -hmm. And I think we've added five new artists to the list since it launched in September. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something like that, yeah. Um, everybody was just luck with it, you know, and and felt that it was um, necessary and important. So I think that's that's well, that's enough for me, certainly. Um, and I suppose then a, a, a final concluding question would be, um, do you have a, a sense of how the Angelica Network might expand or progress or gain momentum in the coming months and years? There are a few things in the pipeline. Uh, so um, there are potentially a few partnerships, um, one of which we can talk about. Um, we, we checked out whether we can, we have permission to do that yesterday. And that's with the RHA. Mm -hmm. Miranda, Miranda, do you wanna say a little bit more about that one? Uh, basically the education curator from the RHA contacted us just to get our help in uh, connecting with artists to be part of their program of the educational program with the RHA during 2021 so that's so this is where Jane and I are kind of that's kind of our job outside of publicizing that the list exists is really helping curators and programmers uh, find the people they're looking for mm -hmm. while um, allowing certain diversity to grow as a, as a standard, we're hoping as a legacy and a standard in their organization. So helping with that first step, because now there's a list. Mm -hmm. so, there are also some things that are um, kind of, well, they're slightly on the long finger at the moment. I mean, uh, the major museum here in the North, um, obviously everyone's programs have been impacted by the pandemic lots of things have been pushed back and so on but we have had a commitment a verbal commitment that uh curators want to work uh with the artists on our list and uh and that yeah these things will pan out and and also that that they're not just simply you know flash in the pan kind of tech box exercises you know where that that, that tokenism would come in um so yeah it, it's exciting from those kind of large institutional point of view points of view, but we've also had 
quite a lot of interest from other networks as well that that operate um, across disciplines. So say, for example, where musicians have found our work and said, oh, this is great. We we run a, a, a network for uh, politically marginalized musicians. How can we possibly link up? Um, there are also other, uh, you know, art nomads, for example. Uh, so other uh, groups that uh, kind of operate in, in similar similar spheres uh, to we do and, and thinking about how we can really, you know, amplify one another's work. And yeah, so there's there's kind of a lot in the a lot in the offing um and you know like like i had mentioned in the in the piece that we wrote for the visual artist news sheet mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot of conversation around this you know we want to do it right and these discussions are really important and all of that relationship building so yeah exciting things in the pipeline i'd like to add that in the end in terms of developing angelica Angelica isn't going to, on its own in Ireland, develop anymore because what it is is a list. Mm -hmm. So the, the core of the project, which is to have somewhere where people can go if they're looking for artists. So this is another one. There's like, you know, there's the VAI database of artists, of member artists, and there is Angelica Network where some of these appear in, two, in both places and some of these don't um so so in terms of development it's really about keeping this alive and checking that the artists are actually benefiting from it and as long as that's happening we'll keep this alive and we'll keep kind of promoting its core purpose which is to allow these artists to work as 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 fairly as everyone else is on the island of Ireland, um, that's that's kind of the, I think that's the the the, the fundamental purpose here. Yeah, and I think as well, you know, eventually somewhere down the line, it would be nice for this to be made redundant. Actually, you know, oh. that kind of built-in obsolescence that that means that uh, these artists don't need us anymore, <laughs> or or. Yeah curators don't need us anymore because you know that that sense of fairness and actually genuine inclusion um has been achieved mm -hmm. yeah i think we actually had that conversation at some point of like what's the best outcome and like the best outcome is that this is not necessary because then you know we can spend our time on other things while people are included anyway and then we can include them in projects that we get to develop with the time that we're not doing Angelica. Mm -hmm. That's that's or that's our, our our goal is to not need to do this. Well, that's fantastic. I'm I'm happy to finish there. If you are, um, I want to thank you both so much for your time today, um, and for speaking about the pertinent issues being highlighted by the Angelica Network. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joanne. You have been listening to The Van Podcast, a podcast series by Visual Artist Ireland. These podcast interviews are being published every two months on SoundCloud. 